spoken lately. I haven't thought about flying for a long time. I have a dream that at moment when I was alone above the clouds for a long time. I have dreamed waking up in a room surrounded in blue and green grass. More years than I could dream of memory. I haven't walked back into the past or scratched on the doors of my origins. Where it all came from is to hold up that cape for the last time. Return to Kent Town 10th year anniversary edition is a revised version of Ambien's first poetry book. The book can be purchased from Amazon and it contains numerous additional material. Spoken Hi, it's Andien from Spoken Label. Thank you today for streaming or downloading another episode of Spoken Label. Spoken Label was originally set up on beginning of the 2016 and as of speaking has currently nearly 300 sessions. The full archive is available on Spoken Label full stop bandcamp.com although it is available for free for stream and download if you wish i am always grateful for any sort of kind of donation to enable to me to keep the running costs this podcast going and enjoy take care bye-bye spoken label hi guys and the end spoken label back in the house on a tuesday evening up to scotland today i've got a lovely lady with me today kudos to thin hall for this one because this has been in the works for a while this one kelly hasn't it and <laughs> That's why we both love Finn, so that's why. Now, Kelly, obviously, I'm going to let you introduce yourself and tell people, obviously, first of all, then, who you are, where you're from originally. Are you, still, are you born and bred in the same area, are you, or have you moved around a bit to where you live? I've, um, I was born into this area in Scotland, but um, I actually grew up in Tenerife. I've had quite a... Oh, um, wow, wow. I've had quite a different life from um, the average person, I think, Um but my name's Kelly Buchan. Um, I'm a tarot reader and astrologer from the northeast of Scotland who um, I kind of use poetry as spiritual transmutation. Um, I think poetry and writing is one of the best therapies that you can actually have. Um, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing to bear your soul quite so much. Um, but I found that if I try and write things that aren't from a specific personal experience, it just doesn't feel good. Um, and I almost feel embarrassed about writing about things that aren't from my perspective and from my emotional experiences. You know, um, in our poetry circles, there's so many amazing poets who write about global issues, war, and I'm almost embarrassed coming on with my wee moon poems, but um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I wouldn't expect anything less of you, Kelly. So now, obviously, um, where did your creativity come from originally then? Um, I've always um, been a writer, really, ever since I was tiny. Um, I've got books and books and books of full of notes of really embarrassing <gasps> ramblings at this point. Oh, um, you're not, you've not seen what I'm like, Kelly, because I started <laughs> when I was 10. And I've, yeah. got, I've got those original poems still in an A5 yeah, hardback so book. And I've got about, I've done 60 of them now so far, and I'm 50. So, you know, it's, you suddenly, you know, yeah. you've been scribbling, haven't you? Isn't you a wee nipper, as you say, don't you, in Scotland? <laughs> yeah, and it's so nice. Um, and do you know what? Every now and again, if I've got a wee bit of writer's block, I can go into these notebooks and steal a line here or there and then craft more poetry out of it. So it is, it's nice. But I wouldn't show anyone those notebooks, Andy. I'm sure you wouldn't either, you know, those are <gasps> private. That's some of my very early stuff, I can tell you that now. <laughs> the, the, the poems when I wrote when I was 10 and 11, 
are staying there. Nobody's ever seeing them. So it's best not to definitely with that. So now I know obviously when I've got first talk to you, you've recently done a tarot card reading of a reading for me. So did your love of tarot and astronomy come from a very early age as well? Or did that come later? Um, that's a complicated question. Um, my mum's a tarot reader. Ah. So I actually grew up um, in that kind of realm. And I used to, as a wee kid, I'd sit and watch my mum blow people's heads off. <laughs> um, but I would always say to her, I would always say to her, you know, mum, how does it work? And she was very Scottish about the whole thing, Andy. Like, ugh, I don't know, it just works. But um, so later on in life, um, I always had a deck of tarot cards and I kind of learned the meanings. But it wasn't until I had my children. I actually used to work in oil and gas, believe it or not. I was oh, did you? person. <laughs> oh, wow. And that doesn't surprise me knowing you that one at all, to be honest with you. You're that sort of person <laughs> I could all imagine it. Just changing directions altogether like that. So yeah. was that when, yeah. you, when you, was that when you had your children? Did your perspective change and did, on the corporate side and did it? Yeah, um, I got offered to go back offshore once I'd had my wee lassie, um, but I couldn't imagine sitting in an oil rig in the middle of the North Sea wondering if my daughter was crying, you know. Um, so I kind of took a couple of years off and worked in sweet shops and stuff. Oh, um, yay. Yeah. <laughs> Place and I'm not allowed to go in, but yeah. <laughs> Pardon? I, I'm not allowed in sweet shops because perks have been diabetic, right? But so, oh, yeah. no. Yeah. Nightmare. I'm probably diabetic after working there. <laughs> but... <laughs> But um, it wasn't until lockdown hit. I actually, it was a really, it's a strange wee synchronistic story. But um, when lockdown hit, I um, I obviously just started reading, and I really love reading people's blogs and stuff. And I found a writer, and I couldn't, I'd never seen anyone write like that. It's a guy called Shane Levine. He's from London, and um, the honesty just poured out of the words. I felt like I was literally inside his head with a blanket around me and a wee torch reading his thoughts. So I, I read everything he'd ever written and then I contacted him just to say like, man, like I'm a sort of, um, you know, I'd love to be a poet and I think your work is just the most honest thing. I've, it was gritty and, you know, I'll send you some of his stuff. It's really good. Yeah, please do, um, please do. I always love people reading real people's work, definitely as well. Yeah. And um, he was like, oh, let me read your stuff. And he read some, he was like the first person I ever showed my poetry, this like, really well established poet and he says you need to do this as a job he says stop what you're doing and start writing properly um and we're still in touch to this day and I'm still writing away so it was really really Good. nice it was a chance thing you know oh that's lucky so everything you say with that song is luck of the draw sometimes it is because yeah like um my story is and I don't want to wait to help I'm always told about myself oh this help you understand me more because people can relate yeah. to you that was I started writing was 10 but I didn't take it seriously. I went to university when I was 28. Then yeah. I drifted for a few years after uni. Then I joined a writing group in 2005, I believe, it was when I was 34. And then it's yeah. been like explosion ever since. So you just sometimes it's look of the drawer, in it? And before yeah. you know it, you'll be carrying on and on, on basically. That's why. So, yeah, now, yeah. how has your writing changed then? over the, since that period in, because I mean, you had that kind of explosion, didn't you, really, over lockdown? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> at the time, I was going through a divorce. So I think my poetry then, I read it back, and it was really angry and sort of <laughs> without any structure, you know? I was just kind of putting it all out into something that I could see so it wasn't inside anymore. Um, and since then, I really do... I'm the kind of person who, when I'm going through extreme experiences... That's when the downloads start. 
you know, I go into certain consciousness vibrations and I start being able to try and write what it is that I'm feeling and seeing. And one of the biggest compliments I get about my poetry is people will read some of my stuff and say, I didn't even know there were words to that emotion. So that is where I kind of tried to sort of laser focus and put words to these emotions that people don't even know how to vocabularize. And I yes, think yes. that's my new niche, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, definitely. I've seen you read a good half a dozen times, Kelly. I agree with you completely there. You're at, you, when you're letting, I think the word is shooting from the hip, if you know what I mean, really. You're letting all your emotions just go straight for it. And it does, it, yeah. it works really well for your pieces straight away when that does so. That why not. Okay. How, did you, how did you meet our mutual friend, Finn Hall, then? That was by chance as well. Um, someone <laughs> talked me. Yeah, someone talked me in one of his posts. And I just messaged him. I was like, oh, I'll just message him and see, see if he's interested in my stuff. And I sent him a couple of pieces. And he was like, oh, come on in one of the open uh, mic nights on Zoom. Um, and we're really good friends now. He's coming down for soup on Sunday. Him and his wife, like, they're literally my favourite people. And like a big shout out to Finn because... Without him and his encouragement, my career wouldn't be, but it's not just now. It's as simple as that. Just and and another wee shout out. Sorry. Sorry. So go on, ladies first. Go on, we do second shout out. <laughs> just a wee shout out to Richard Spizak. Um, he's a poet in America and I. Uh, he's been a real guiding light to me spiritually and in my writing. So we shout out to Richard as well. Yeah, I've spoke to Richard a few times. A lovely guy, definitely. Yeah, um, yeah definitely. I do like his work as well. So brilliant with that. Does Finn live quite near you then, does he, or...? About 20 minutes, yeah. Oh, does it? Oh, it's not bad then, is it? So that's why. Yeah. I know I've seen pictures of the, of you of the same reading with him. I wasn't sure if you lived, how far, yeah. how far apart you lived. Oh, brilliant. I believe yeah. that. So, no, great. Now, tell us a bit more about your tarot card reading then and your astronomy readings, because I know there's nothing like this. You did a reading for me last week, and it was yeah. like, it took me ages to listen to it because I'm that busy. And like, yeah. you sent me quite a lengthy WhatsApp thing on it. So tell us about yeah. that then, because... Um, I want people to know, because I think it shows a different side to you as a person as Kelly. I think your poetry and your tarot and astronomy are, are all linked together. Because yeah. like it, it's like, how does it feel for you doing a reading for somebody you've not even met before like that? I love it. <laughs> I love it so much. Um, well, the type of astrology that I practice, I'm just going to grab a tarot deck and I'm going to show you. Brilliant. But the Please type do. of astrology that I practice is Vedic astrology. Um that's the type of astrology that they use in India. And it's very different from the, the Western astro astrological practices that you see here. Um, as a tarot reader, um, the first time I got my Western birth chart done, I was so underwhelmed. It just, it didn't resonate. I felt as though it was really shallow and sort of, um, I don't know, it just didn't sit well with me at all. And then a couple of years later, I met a Vedic astrologer who blew my mind as soon as he looked at my birth chart. And I knew that, that was what I needed to focus on, that type of astrology, you know? Yeah, yeah. Now, to ask you then, obviously, like I said, it's, can you explain the differences then to us after that? Because obviously, you obviously know much more than I do, definitely. So what is the yeah. difference between these two types then? Well, in Western astrology, you're looking at the solar progression. So you're looking at how the sun travels around the zodiac. Um, but in Western astrology, they haven't taken into account that every 72 years, the backdrop of stars behind the zodiac drops by one degree. Oh. Now, Vedic astrology, Vedic astrology takes that in mind. And even if you get a star map app out on your phone and point it, it's using sidereal placements. And that is this type of astrology, sidereal astrology. 
but we're looking at the the moon's progression around 28 fixed stars called nakshatras which hung in the zodiac and you're looking at the the progression of the moon through there so it's very different how the the charts are casted and also in vedic astrology the mythologies run so much deeper and it's just a much richer culture and it's a lot more to sink your teeth into as an astrologer so yeah that's how i sort of settled on that one Brilliant, that explains why. And so, how has your approach changed on this over time? Because obviously, when you first got going to it, you obviously look at it in a very different way to what you would now and then, haven't you? So, yeah. is a lot of it been like trial and error to find the almost like the pack of cards that suit you, don't they? So, so I've always yeah. been told that because it's like it's like I always treat. I've, I know some. I know somebody else who does it. Actually, I'm not told you about. And she, she I remember her telling me at the time she went for about hundred packs of cards until she found the pack that actually suited her. And it's yeah. like. It's like me when I pick I go writing. I have a I have pens I go back to all the time because it's something that you pick up and you know almost immediately, don't you? So Yeah. Yeah. Um well I'll show you my favorite tarot deck. Oh, please um, do. Now obviously I yeah. apologize to anybody just listens an audio. You'd have to put up with believe me, I say it, it's very good. <laughs> yeah. But you should you should go and Google this because it's really cool. But do you know the director Guillermo del Toro? Yes, I do. I love his films. Oh, Hans yes. Labyrinth, my favourite oh, film. That, that is so one of the are... best of the films I've ever seen. That. It's one of those disturbing films as well. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a bit wild, but I'll show you. Let me find the hermit. I should have looked this out beforehand. But these are Taro del Toro. So this isn't the um, hermit, but oh, they're wow. Guillermo del Toro Taro. Oh, wow. And they're just amazing. Um, I would oh, recommend yeah. them for beginners. But look at the fool. Oh, my good God. Yeah, that was yeah. Um, the fact. Was it the foul that is it? You reached on that card to show me. Your finger was over it. And yeah. This oh, the fool. fool. So this oh, is the yeah. very the first card of the major yeah. arcana. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. It's incredible artwork. Yeah, that is. Yeah. Beautiful. They are difficult to read with. I wouldn't recommend because there's no symbolism on the suits. Um, oh, so yeah, you yeah. Your stuff is a tarot reader to be able to read with them. But yeah. No, oh, brilliant. Yeah, check, check it out. Definitely that now. Tell us about then, obviously, yeah. how you do your readings then for people. Because like I said, it was like, yeah. when you did mine, you were sending me, send, send them over to me on about what? eight different whatsapp voicemail messages is like when you're doing the like is that sort of thing you would normally do for people that way or do you actually do you like doing them in person more do you normally do um, I, yeah i love doing in-person readings and um, i think people get a lot more out of it because i can as i was saying to you through your voice note reading i wish i could show you and show you what i'm looking at in mm. the charts to come to this sort of conclusion um, but I do in I do put in-person readings and i also do tarot readings without the astrology <clears throat> um I'm not actually qualified to do full astrology yet. And that's why I do a combination of looking at um, this incarnation's birth chart, looking at where the planets are going to be headed in the next year, and then incorporating that into the tarot and tying it all together. Um, I'm not sure if you've heard the saying in witchcraft, as above, so below. No, um, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's lots so of I don't above, know. So below, um, as within, so without. And it really is um, a beautiful example of the energies that we see playing out in the heavens and the planetary transitions through the zodiac are a direct reflection onto a tarot reading. So um, when I'm looking at someone's tarot cards and I've got their birth chart next to me, I can make so much more sense out of it because each of these cards actually correlates to either a planet or a zodiac sign. Oh. Um, yeah, and the tarot, what the tarot is, Andy, is, is just a catalogue of human experience. So each of these cards um, denotes an emotion or an experience that we can go through as humans. And it's each it's separated out into um, alchemy. So you're looking at the elements and you're also looking at numerology. 
So, um, you know, regular, I, I say that really, I don't mean to say that, but you know, a lot of tarot readers that I've seen will just pull one basic layer of energy. And I think that's such a waste because you can grab other decks and start pulling on the pockets of energy that you've got out to create like a sort of energetic map as to what's really going on and just dive a bit deeper into people's cards. Um, so yeah, it's I, I love doing in-person readings, but I do. I've, I've got clients all over the world, really, and I also do um, like live to card pools on my Facebook page as oh, well. Oh yeah! So oh wow! Fun. Yeah, you'll, okay, have you'll have to come on. Oh, yeah, send me the link over, definitely. And I'll, yeah, I'd love, love to have a look at that. And I'll, have, I'll get the boss to come along and watch it with me as well, because I know she's interested, right? Now, obviously, then, no, the mutual friend of mine, obviously, Amanda's, I'm going to put you in contact with, I know she uses tarot cards writing poetry as well. Is that right. something you do? Do you do a similar approach yourself and do you all that, or you do cards? No. Character? No. Oh. Um, I have, you know, one of my books I'm planning on taking out is Poems of the Tarot. Mm. But I find, as I said before, I find it really, really difficult to write about things that I don't have complete direct experience with. Um, so, you know, trying to sort of meditate on the archetype of a card and then come up with a poem, it doesn't work with me as, as a system. I'd love to be able to do that, but it just doesn't work. So what I'm planning on doing is, you know, building my body of work to eventually in maybe five or six years time, you know, have a poetry book with the archetypes of tarot in a natural poetry sort of way. I don't really want to force it. I'll try and get another couple of books out first before I do poems of the title. Oh, yeah, no, you completely. Know. No, it's the best way, like, I think when you get that first book out, you've any, it's like yeah. you're flying after that. Because I've done six books now in, what, 11, oh, yeah. in 12 yeah. years now. So, and I've got my, I've got my seventh one there already, and the eighth one will be out mm. next year. So, but you like it, you need to get this, how you make a statement on that first book, isn't it? So, yeah. like, do you envision bringing your first book out reasonably soon, or you're not, you're not quite sure yet? No, astrologically, I would like to have it out by January 2023. Um, I've, my, my book's going to be called The Inner Shore, um, and it's really, I, I, you know, I've got the vision of what it's going to look like in my head, but astrologically, it would be very auspicious for me to bring it out in January 2023. So that's what I'm aiming for. Well, fingers crossed you're definitely Kelly with that then. So how far into the book are you then at the moment, then, or have you... I've got about 40 poems and three short stories. So I don't think I'm too far away. I don't think I'm too far away. I'm not sure whether to, to approach publishers or go into self-publishing quite yet. Um, but once I've um, got everything in front of me, I'm just sort of compiling everything at the moment on my laptop. I'm very scattered and I'm not organised at all. Oh, I know that know by that. now. I know I've been chatting to you. I kind of guessed that. <laughs> it's a loony tune, really. Um, so I'm trying to get everything organised, but I'm, I've got a good feeling that I'll get it out at the beginning of the year. Brilliant. What's made you want to put um, a mixture of poetry and short stories in it, then? Um, I'm not really sure. You know, I, I used to have a blog. Oh, yeah. I used to have a blog um, that I would um, put a lot of posts up on. And really, it's, you know, the, the short stories that I'm putting in, I've kind of adapted so they feel a little bit less personal to the reader. Or if someone who knew me was reading it, they wouldn't immediately know what it was about, you know. Um, but I think those are the ones that I immediately, when I got my blog post up and running, those are the ones that people commented on most. And they, they, they kind of, um, they hold a soft spot for me because they kind of got me going with the poetry thing. So, yeah, I really want to include oh. them. No, no, that makes sense. Makes sense. I'm just curious about what what led you to that direction then. And yeah. like I said, no, oh, brilliant. We're good luck with Kelly, definitely with that. So what we're going to do is we'll wrap up this bit now anyway, and we'll let you know. Okay. Obviously, conclude the part one. If people want to find out more about you, 
where do you recommend they go first of all um my face on my facebook it's kelly buchan um i've got a business page called the witchcrafters taro and i'm also on instagram at the underscore witchcrafter you can find me on there Brilliant. Well, good luck with it, Kelly. Definitely. That. So good luck with the book. Thank definitely you. keep us informed. So, right. Definitely. Quick, I'll send we'll you a take... copy. Oh, I'd love to. We'll do, we'll do some book swapping when you're ready. Definitely. Right. I'll send you some nice flowery poetry over and you can send me some metaphysical stuff over then. That's <laughs> 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 why. All the confusing stuff. Oh, we'll confuse each completely. So, right, guys and girls, hang around. I love Kelly's work. So, you'll see you all. Spoken, mate. Hi, guys. Yes, and again, still here with the wonderful Kelly. Kelly has just done thrown a spanner in the works today because uh, she just told me something in between before we about to start recording a poetry, something I didn't know anything about. So, and do you, Kelly, you've had a publication ready, a first publication for Finn Hall, haven't you? Where he's joined yes. up writing. Tell us about that first of all, and then we'll go on to the other thing. So, it's going to be a three parts of this interview today, guys. Okay. So what, you, joined, you joined up writing first of all, Kelly. Yeah, I've got the book here. Um, and it's the amazing Finn Hall that we spoke about earlier. Um, he's got so many wonderful poetry, um, you know, projects in the go. But joined up writing, this is the third um, of a series of three. So it's the last one. And um, his concept was to um, sort of unite all the poets in our beautiful community and come up with a story where we're finishing or you know starting at the last line of the last piece and then working from there and honestly the poetry in this one is just phenomenal and it's such a pleasure to share space with so many talented yeah. poets it really is a dream come true and that's all thanks to Finn Hall yeah I'm in, I'm in that book. I'm in that book as well it's great fun yeah I, I had some fun with that one Kelly I'll tell you my story but I was in, I was in the first one as well and yeah and Amanda followed me on the first one and I yeah. left it with an absolute stinker of her last line on purpose. <laughs> and she was, I remember that, she sat there swearing at me. <laughs> yeah. That's why, that's love for you, definitely. So, now, the only thing that you didn't tell me about in the first half, and I didn't know about this, was you're writing for an occult magazine at the moment, aren't you, as well? Yes. Um, so I write, for, I write for Witch Magazine, um, which is an online magazine, but we do do physical copies throughout the year as well for, you know, pagan holidays. Um, but primarily, I look at the history of the occult and esotericism. So um, the occult, you know, I was going to say muggles there. <laughs> but a lot of people will um, think of the occult and immediately think demons and really dark things. But, you know, historically, the occult just means the things are hidden. And um, when you look into these occult practices, they are really good ways of coming into self-mastery. Um, and I really love looking at the history of esotericism, you know, the history of angel magic and all this different sorts of facets of the occult that you can look into because the occult really is just like a diamond and it doesn't matter which path you follow because you all come to the same conclusion anyway. There's a beautiful book called The Secret Doctrine by a lady called Helena Blavatsky and she was around in the 1800s and she deduced by speaking to a lot of spiritual masters that religion organized religion really is all the same thing with the same story that we the story of this life is ascending to the stars is one um, and that we really are droplets of god consciousness condensed into physical form so um the articles that i write really are looking at those types of um historical studies and really bringing them into the modern era and how we as modern people can really use these practices and adapt them for our own lives you know brilliant yeah now how did you get into writing for this magazine in the first place 
it was another chance. Um, oh, this is your life, isn't it? I've noticed yeah. that full of chances. <laughs> That's what happens when you practice witchcraft. Things just happen, you know, I'm joking. <laughs> but um, I, I was literally... <laughs> Uh, I was literally just scrolling through Instagram and um, I saw a call for new writers and in a tarot reading my mum had given me two years prior, she'd said to me, you know, there's just going to be this opportunity and you're going to feel like you can't do it, but you need to jump on it. Because at the time, you know, when my mum gave me that reading, I wasn't even practicing or writing. So when I saw this call for writers, I knew that I needed to apply and instantly my editor was like, yes. Um, and then yeah we just sort of grew from there and it, I just love it it's so fascinating and you meet really amazing people as well but I do I think mean, people think I'm a devil worshipper but it's it's so much <laughs> more than that you know I'm gonna say nothing right so yeah. no, but have you have you found that you started doing it as with your poetry as you because I don't think you've, you've not done this sort of thing before have you magazine writing so has you how's your approach changed this how you've been writing I think um, in my earlier articles, I really was sort of just trying to find my feet and giving sort of like a diary style, you know, how I, I don't even practice witchcraft anymore, really. It's ceremonial magic or high magic that I practice, which is very different because in witchcraft, you're harnessing natural forces to get what you want. But in high magic, it's inner alchemy. It's um, losing attachments to the external world and finding peace within, really. Um, so earlier on, it was sort of um, very experience based. And then as soon as I started looking into different facets of the occult, um, I knew that I really wanted to start writing about that and trying to explain complicated spiritual concepts in a way that a lot of people would understand. It's not just, because I, I, I hate that thing about the occult that it's hierarchical. And I, I actually did a year in a secret society Right. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did the first year, and I I just kind of felt like, well, yeah, that guy's been in here twenty years, but why does he deserve to know more than me? Just because he's done twenty years, you know? I didn't like the hierarchical. If you stick with this, you, the the knowledge will come. But I eventually realized that the knowledge all lies in the stars anyway. So if you nail astrology, you can kind of get everything else anyway. That sounds yeah. really um overconfident, but that's been my experience, you know. Brilliant. Uh, great stuff, Kelly. Right. We'll wrap up this part now, unless you've got something else you've not told me about. Say <laughs> I think, yeah. <laughs> you've not got to walk the Himalayas or something, have you, as well, or jumped off Ben not Nevis. <laughs> jumped off Ben, ben, ben Nevis and wings in your back or something, have you? <laughs> Promise, no. <laughs> right, we'll see you in one minute, guys. Okay, definitely. See you. Thanks, Thanks. again, Kelly. See you in a minute. Hi, guys. Yes, Andy N. Kelly Bookham. This is definitely part three. And unless Kelly does something I'm not expecting now, this should be the concluding part. So it's now over to the wonderful Kelly. She's going to read out six of her short poems for us. Go for it, Kelly. Thank you, Andy. Um, the first one that I'm going to be reading is the very first one I got published in the magazine. Um, and it's called Breaking Her Curse. I guess it's hard not to be hopeful as we're floating in my bed. Your shadow cloaks me gently and my magic stains us red. She consumed you long ago, but you're loving me instead. I hope that soon she'll fade from view as we slow dance around your head. I guess it's hard not to be hopeful as we roll around this bed. We fuck inside out and back again, like dogs that haven't been fed. What horrors were spouted that have hurt you so or is it the words you've left unsaid? You're looking straight through me and into her soul as we sacrifice this bed. Am I the one you've always dreamed of? Are mine the only legs you'll spread? Or is she out there on your periphery holding her curse that chains you dead? So I guess it's hard not to be hopeful that your heart hasn't fully been bled. And I guess it's hard not to be grateful that you're loving me instead.
and that's the first one. Great stuff. Not asking who that's about. No. <laughs> I'd appreciate it if we just didn't do that at all. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on then, okay? On the, yeah. on the second one, Kelly, and I should do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so this one, um, I hope, isn't too abstract, and I'll just explain really quickly. So in occult philosophy, um, there's a really famous book called The, Her the Emerald Tablets of Hermes Trismegistus. And it's a very sort of Plato style where, you know, the wise person is relaying this to the student. And in the Emerald Tablets, um, the character is Poimandris, and he is sort of um, described as the universal mind of consciousness sort of thing. So this poem is called Poimandris. Is it you, O oh mind, who sees it all? Are you the breath behind the matter? Was it you, O oh mind, who birthed the fire? Was it as enchanting as you remember? Through the shadows, O oh mind, the eye became and gave birth to the eyes who make fractals. Share your glorious secrets, O creator, O mind. From where did you pull forth the ether? Is it you, O mind, who whispers it still in a land where thoughts become matter? If you are Poimandris, please grant me the key. My illusions are pleading to shatter. And that's that one. <laughs> that's completely different to the first piece, that one, definitely as well. So yeah. excellent, you know. Excellent stuff. Thank you. Okay. Well, let you move straight on. It's about you, okay? So give us poem number three then. Okay. So this is another little one and it's called Puff of Smoke. A heart lays on a butcher's block and it's coughing out splinters of lead. It whimpers alone like a dying old dog who's waiting for a blow to the head. A sickness is seeping, quiet and calm. No music notes hung in the air. The butcher advances, baring his teeth to rip apart all that was shared. It didn't take a magic wand or a whispered spell bespoke. All at once with a single strangled cry, you were gone in a puff of smoke. I was just wondering, I was just wondering at the end of that where, that, where the puff of smoke bit was going to happen then. But yeah, yeah, yeah great stuff. Good ending there as well. So, Thank well, you. not going to ask you what that's about, so we'll just let you move yep. on. <laughs> Keep it a mystery. Right. <laughs> yeah. I always... always. Yeah, make the audience work for it, I would say, right? <laughs> <laughs> so this next one is another wee one, and it's called He Hums a Sad Song. I cut myself on the broken pieces of you we tried to mend and poured the blood into countless letters I hadn't the courage to send. With no respite from the silent void or echoes of you to be found, I left you on the rotting floor as you drowned in your own sad sound. Nice and cheery for you, Andy, right? Got that. Um, it says, I go to a writing um, group in Stockport, it was out of Manchester, and they've got a motto there of grim but good. That yeah. definitely applies to that there, right? <laughs> right. Uh, is it fifth one now, or am I losing count? We've, we're on to the fifth one, yeah. and then the last one, number six, no one's ever heard before. I've been keeping Ooh. it off social media just for you, Andy. So Exclusive. Exclusive <laughs> to spoken label, right? <laughs> Um, but this next one, it's almost, I think this is actually my favourite piece I've ever written. Um, and it's called The Interlude. And I actually wrote it for Gary Huskisson. Um, he did a, a show last year and I wrote this for his show. So it's called The Interlude. <clears throat> I've been a little bit depressed lately. And that's not an easy thing to admit to a sea of beautiful souls. There's been nowhere to hide with the sun shining so. I've been flinching against the summer frivolities. My very core is yearning for solitude. I've been secretly drowning within poised panic attacks. It's an odd thing to be violently losing grip on reality to the melody of giggles from the garden. 
Only the bumblebees and butterflies at the window have been privy to the silent screams. As I'm propelled ever onward, inching quicker and closer to the autumnal years of life, I'm tortured with visions of crippling loneliness and ideas of being lost in an unforgiving winter, witness only to my own self-loathing, my reaching arms finding no one in the dark. Where once frothed an ocean of tumultuous desire, my inner shores now lay silent and haunted by the ghosts of lovers who've swum my depths. My waters are stifled, gasping for air, aching for a singular stone to be cast, waiting for the slightest gift of a nudge that will herald an end to this perpetual interlude. Excellent stuff. Yeah, I can see why you really, really like that, because that's a really good, strong piece, that one. Thank Definitely you. Definitely that. So, did, did, did make me want to give you a big hug, mind you, that's why. But anyway, that's the story day that there. Oh, dear. Anyway, right, we're on to... I wrote that years ago, so don't oh, worry, did I'm you? fine. Oh, no, you're fine now, then. Fair enough, then. Right, so... <laughs> I've never... Honestly, Kelly, when people do pieces of unspoken name, we're never sure how old some of them are sometimes. That's fine. That's no, tremendous stuff. So, okay, exclusive time. This is the exclusive, um, and I just want to say, because this is going to sound quite harsh, this isn't written about anyone in particular, I just want to make that very clear, but I wrote it in response to this idea that comes up, you know, I'm a spiritual healer to trade, and one of my pet peeves is someone who uses the excuse of being treated poorly themselves in life to treat other people poorly. You know, we all have choices in life and you can't blame any one thing for how you treat another person. And it is one of my pet peeves, you know, we choose how to treat people. So don't ever use an excuse of poor me, right, to, um, to be an asshole, right? So this is called the pity party and this is an exclusive just for you, Andy. So did the consequences of your actions knock you quite a bit since you were thinking you could act however you see fit? Did the lies you told get tangled up to form a choking noose? Your rotten soul, it reeks of all the second-hand abuse. Oh, what a shame! Your bad deeds hit you right back in your face. Does it hurt to know the whole world knows and sings of your disgrace? A mess of bloody war-torn hearts is strewn across your floor for you to stare at endlessly while the wolves pound at your door. This false contrition suits you, sir. You wear it like a mask. You're so spiritually bankrupt, even smiling is a task. The pity party's over, dear. It's all come to a head. Go find a lesser mortal soul and cry to her instead. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Excellent. Great way of that. <laughs> With a bit of, nothing like a bit of anger in that in the poem, as I always <laughs> believe. Yeah. Definitely, definitely not. Brilliant stuff, Kelly. It's been a pleasure today. Really, I've really, really enjoyed this. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been a total honour, honestly. When your book's out next year, we'll get you back on again, okay? That I'd way love then we that. Can- We've had a great laugh today. You're great fun, so love to get you in again. Now, hang around, Kelly. Obviously, we've got more work to do, young lady, haven't we? We've really finished today. But this is the end of Spoken Label today, so it's been a pleasure. I've really enjoyed it. It's been a great laugh. So thank you again, Kelly. And as thank you, mine. Don Callis of Impact Wrestling says, stay safe and stay over. We'll see you all next time. Spoken Label.